0: Hello, and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce, founder and CEO of Next Step. I would like to welcome my guest to the show today, Chris Wentz. Chris is the founder of EveryKey, the universal smart key that replaces all your passwords and keys. EveryKey can unlock your phone, laptop, tablet, and log you into your online accounts when you're around, then locks everything down when you walk away. Soon, EveryKey will unlock your car, house, and more. Very cool. Hello, Chris. How are you? And welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, we're really excited to talk more about EveryKey, but before we kind of dive into that, I'd love if you could give our listeners a little bit more information about your background and how EveryKey came to be. Yeah, for sure. So I've been a serial entrepreneur ever since I can remember, really. I started my first company back in middle
1: school, actually. It was an advertising network for the video game Halo. Grew up huge video gamer, loved Halo, loved Call of Duty. Um, Built a few businesses around that. Uh, into college, I um, noticed that there was kind of this this market opportunity to buy up Apple products and resell them in other countries. We can buy Apple products, uh, iPads and iPhones and such. About two months earlier here in the U.S. than any other country, um, so I was able to buy up a bunch of Apple products, resell them to other countries. Made a decent amount of money doing that, which I then invested into every key when I came up with the idea. It was actually Believe it or not, it was an idea in an entrepreneurship class. I was uh, going to Case Western Reserve University in this entrepreneurship class. Uh, The professor asked us to come up with any kind of business idea we wanted. We had this crazy idea for at the time it was going to be a wristband that replaces all your passwords and all your keys. We presented it to the class thought, wouldn't this be cool if Microsoft or Apple were to do this? But our professor came up to us afterwards, shook our hands and said, guys, you should do this. Uh, I wanna invest in this and make this a real company. And that, that gave us the, the confidence to, to move forward with it.
0: Such a cool background. You're taking me back to my engineering days, thinking about all the design kit competitions that we were a part of. It's always exciting to learn more about someone's background. and. Kind of uh, entrepreneurial ventures that you've been a part of, uh, it sounds like pretty much for, uh, forever. And uh, you've had a couple of iterations of those, and those have continued to build towards the success you guys have had so far with EveryKey. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so a little bit more about the, the product. Um, we are, of course, replacing all your passwords and keys, as Sean said. Uh, EveryKey is able to unlock all your different devices, log into all your different accounts. Um, we really think that this is the future of authentication, right? Um, This, especially paired with possibly biometric for really good two-factor authentication, really the easiest authentication you could possibly have. No codes being sent to your phone, no authenticator app that you need to use, really just very seamless and simple authentication, really easier than anything else uh, on the market.
0: I really love the convenience aspect of it. I I know that integrations is a huge push out there in software and in hardware but the convenience aspect sounds, you know, security is obviously important, it's paramount, but convenience as well too can make a big difference. So very excited to kind of learn more about every key and spotlight you here, and then ask questions that would dive in a little bit further because we'd love to, on this show, on product launch, we'd love to have people here who are going through building their product organizations and just really get a better understanding for the value proposition, how you uncovered it, learn more about the problems that you solve in your space, a lot about the, uh, the actual target market customer, how you go about solving them. So these profiles are really helpful for other people looking to do the same. So uh, first question I would kind of throw your way, that I'd love to learn a little more about is, can you talk about the problem space that every key competes in and how you identified it and when you knew, you know, I, I wanna build a solution for the problems that exist in this space?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, I've used the same password my whole life. Uh, up until I started every key, I was using the same, the same uh, darn password for everything. Small variations, you know, some websites require special characters or numbers, uppercase and lowercase letters, so I would make small variations of it. I knew it wasn't the best thing to do. I knew that it wasn't a very secure lifestyle to live, but I did it anyway because it was convenient, because I wanted that, uh, that ease of use aspect of logging into my online accounts. Um, so when we were in this entrepreneurship class, uh, I was talking about how I use the same password everywhere. And we were also, you know, kind of take, like, taking our, you know, jingly set of keys and saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if you could replace that as well? Think about all the different things that we unlock and log into throughout a day, right? Maybe it only takes a few seconds every time that you log in um, or unlock something, but you do have to do that, you know, so many times throughout a day that if you can uh, reduce that time, if you can make that, even quicker and a better user experience and less things to carry around, uh, really just makes things so much easier. So that was really the genesis of EveryKey. And um, just looking back to even last year, uh, there was over $2 trillion lost due to data breaches. And the reason for that is that uh, 85% of people are using a password that's already been leaked to the public. So there's a bunch of people like like me, pre-EveryKey, that are just using the same password everywhere. Those passwords are getting leaked. And, uh, and, and you end up finding uh, that there's, you know, over $2 trillion worth of loss due to that.
0: Sounds like a pretty big problem to tackle and one that obviously could stand to be uh, innovated around. So faster, easier, more secure. Sounds like a great solution to me. Um, Want to definitely learn more about that. Let's do so by talking about your customer. So tell me who the customer is. Uh, how are you reaching them? Uh, if you could talk a little bit more about those details, I think that would be great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we started off by launching on Kickstarter, um, the crowdfunding website. We uh, later did an Indiegogo as well. And the reason I mentioned that is because our our customer looks very much like a typical Kickstarter backer. You're talking, um, you know, slightly higher income, um, primarily male, although we're seeing a a huge surge in the female demographic as well. Um, Interested in, uh, you know, everything from technology to new products to Um, you know, news and politics, and a lot of the same type of demographics that you see for a typical Kickstarter uh, demographic. We've continued to sell to those similar people. Um, We launched this originally as a consumer product, uh, and now we actually have some business customers as well. There's thousands of businesses that uh, that now use every key in addition to the consumers that are also using it.
0: Excellent. So did you start with one transition to the other uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to learn a little bit more about that. Did you start consumer-facing, then go business, uh, vice versa, or did you sell to both initially?
1: Yeah, you know, we we definitely we were so obsessed with selling just to consumers at first. You uh, when you start a company, especially um, you know we're located in Cleveland, Ohio, and especially here in Cleveland, you know, nothing against Cleveland, but everybody really is um, very uh, bullish on enterprise um, you know software enterprise companies um, and maybe bearish on consumer plays, right? I I think you see a lot more consumer plays, maybe out in Silicon Valley, maybe a little bit in New York and such, but um, everybody was really trying to get us to become an enterprise company. And we kind of fought that from day one. And it's kind of interesting that we're now doing more of this, you know, selling into companies, selling into enterprises, because it is the direction that a lot of uh, investors, a lot of, uh, you know, prolific people within the community here um, wanted us to go early on. We were just very stubborn. I think early on, I think I, um, you know, being a consumer myself and having this problem in my consumer life I was like why you know why why wouldn't we just want to solve this for all the consumers out there and uh, you know I've built this company to build a brand right I want people to be able to see the every key logo um, you know this logo right here and be able to understand that that's synonymous with cybersecurity I want them to kind of think think of that uh, similar to how when you see an Apple logo you think of kind of perfection within the technology space I want this to be kind of perfection uh, within security, and really one of the first uh, security products that's actually easy to use, fun to use, very uh, you know social uh, type of environment where where you're telling your friends about about every key and how how great it is and how it's made your life easier.
0: Also, you mentioned brand and building a strong brand. I think that oftentimes can be undervalued just how important that is when you're going through this process. And another thing that I'm a big fan of, and I'll definitely give you brownie points for, is having a thematic name. I love when the name speaks to the problem space and speaks to the solution. I think that really helps, right? Because it can never be too easy for your customer to understand, can never be too easy for it to work and provide a great user experience. So any opportunity you can use to level up or improve any of those things is only gonna help you build momentum. Absolutely, thank you. you Excellent, absolutely, you're welcome. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about the product. Uh, To talk to me, we talked about the problem space, we talked a little bit about the customer. How about in terms of how the product works? Um, How does the product solve the problems for your customers and your target market?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, every key there's, there's, there's a multitude of different ways that you can authenticate to things, right? We're talking logging into online accounts or unlocking a device. You can kind of use, um, something you are, that's a biometric. Um, You can use something you know, like a pin or a password, or you can use something that you have. And in our case, we are trying to be the best darn something you have um, on the market. So, EveryKey operates over Bluetooth, the EveryKey device, it's a small, um, if you're listening to this on audio, you won't be able to see this, of course, but I'm holding up a small little, kind of USB thumb drive sized device, it's got our logo on, it. it's very simple, um, very slick little product, and when you have this on you, when you have this small little EveryKey device on you, it's able to then unlock your phone, unlock your laptop, your tablet, um, any of your different doors, all your online accounts as well, and then locks everything back down all over the Bluetooth protocol. And when we first started out, we had to figure out some, some there were some challenges with Bluetooth. Bluetooth is typically one-to-one. Uh, you typically have to pair two devices, which can take a really long time. So I won't get too much into those details, but um, it's, it's really interesting some of the challenges that we had to overcome in the early days uh, to make this product work really reliably over Bluetooth, but essentially every key comes close to something, you're able to unlock it as if there was no password at all, you walk away and it uh, locks it back down. And every key, everything is incredibly secure as well. We've added uh, four layers of military-grade encryption to this as well, just to make sure that everything is incredibly secure. We, we add um, you know, all these layers of encryption to, uh, to keep all your passwords really safe. And um, the passwords, although they're stored in AWS, Amazon Web Services, uh, basically our servers, um, they're all encrypted using those encryption keys and those encryption keys never see, uh, never, never, land on our company's um, you know, database. We have no access to them. They're only stored on your devices. So everything's very secure and it's uh, kind of a distributed system in that, in that regard. You've got the encryption keys on your devices, only on your devices, and then you've got the, uh, the password stored on the cloud, so to speak, but they're encrypted using those encryption keys.
0: Very cool, Uh, thanks for describing a little bit more about how the product works. The question uh, I have for you next is really, it's it's always provides helpful perspective to think about in terms of what your prospective customer, what a day in their life looks like, kind of before and after having access to your product. So for the problem space that EveryKey is offering a solution to, what does the customer's life look like kind of before they have access to EveryKey and how has it improved after they've had access to every key? How are they going about solving the problems that you solve today? Like what do existing solutions look like? Yeah. And then how is that leveled up and how has it improved having access to your solution? Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, going back, you know,
1: pre-password managers and, and of course, most people still aren't using a password manager. Unfortunately, most people are just... Uh, either using the same password for everything like I was, or maybe they're using a different password but they're writing them physically in a notebook, maybe they're keeping them in a text app, uh, a, uh, a notes app rather, um, a text document, maybe an Excel spreadsheet, so they're, they're most likely doing something unsecure. Um, or they're using a password manager, maybe they're using a password manager, with, which hats off to you, if you're using a password manager, you're, uh, you're taking a step in the right direction. Um, But what a password manager, of course, won't be able to do is unlock all your different devices and then, of course, lock everything back down when you walk away as well. This is uh, certainly important to the consumers, but uh, even more important to business customers. If somebody were to walk away from their workstation and somebody else is able to walk up to their workstation and, uh, you know, get onto that computer, there could be some you know, significant damage damage done um, to the company's, uh, you know, financial standing to the data. Um, and we just want to kind of prevent against all those types of things. So as far as what people are using today, they're using a whole bunch of different things. Most people, unfortunately, are just uh, either using the same password for everything. That's the majority, over 50% of people are doing that. Um, and the people who are using a different password for everything, unfortunately, um, most of them are just writing them down in some sense, which we all know is not the, not, not the, not the most secure way to keep, keep, uh, keep, something, uh, keep something safe.
0: I've had some really interesting conversations with people in terms of how they keep track of their passwords and they, they range from really interesting to borderline scary <laughs> in terms of you know, how they balance safety, security, and convenience. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely whatever makes whatever makes it easier for people to be more secure, uh am all for it. <laughs> for sure. Sticky notes on
1: sticky notes on the computer screen. That's one that, that I always cringe at a little bit. If I walk into a company and they've got uh, sticky notes with their uh, with their passwords right on their computer screen, I'm like, oh man, you guys need every keys.
0: <laughs> right. There are a lot of uh, cringeworthy ways to try to solve that problem. I'm um, glad every key is offering great solutions in the space. So All right, talk to me a little bit in terms of how you guys have designed your pricing structure. What does every key cost? How does pricing work? And how did you land on figuring out that that is kind of the best pricing strategy for your company?
1: Yep, great question. Um, So when we first launched the product, it, it, originally on crowdfunding, it was a $50 uh, one-time sale. If you bought it on Kickstarter, um, you're paying $50. We pretty quickly realized that that was a relatively low price point. We are providing you know, this extended service. We're storing your passwords. We're going to be able to um, you know, continue to allow you to use a product well into the future. Um, so we raised the price to $128. That became kind of the new price point. Of the product, uh, as of our Indiegogo campaign, I think is where we uh, introduced the the kind of higher price point and continued with that $128 price point for uh, for quite a while, for um, probably well over a year at that point. Um, and that was a one-time purchase. You bought your every key for uh, if you were on Kickstarter, $50. If it was Indiegogo or later, $128, and you had a lifetime subscription. Um, great business model. We were making money on, on those uh, sales and everything, and the customer got got a good deal. Um, but when you talk to investors and you're asking investors, uh, hey, Mr. Inve- Mr. and Mrs. Investor, um, would you like to invest in my company? One of the first questions that they ask is, "You know, what type of reoccurring revenue do you have? So if your business is able to have reoccurring, a reoccurring revenue model, that's very appealing. So we switched to a new uh, pricing model relatively recently. We now sell the product for $69 uh, for the initial purchase and then $5 per month after the first year. And that's really, it's mostly to appease investors, um, but of course it's also good for the company's uh, you know, health and also it's, it's good for the customer too because it allows us to continue to provide a, a great service and really service the customer um, you know, in years to come as people continue to use the product.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of advantages to the subscription model. Uh, You've articulated a few of them well, right, in terms of health of the company, being cash flow positive, and then offering things that customers are going to need moving forward as well, too. I think a lot of times might not quite understand in terms of, you know, I would love it to be a fixed price and then just be done with it. But in today's modern world, uh, all things, you know, digital or touching software as well, too. You're going to want some form of support as well also so that typically is a huge component to the value that you get when you're subscribing to a product or a service so agreed yeah a lot of advantages there and definitely on both sides of the aisle so uh, all right so next question for for you is what does traction at every key look like
1: yeah traction's been really good so we were able to uh, we, we broke the record for our product category on kickstarter and indiegogo so that's really exciting and then when we uh, continued to sell, we've, we've been able to sell millions of dollars of, of every keys and raise, you know, millions of dollars of uh, venture capital funding as well. So things are going well. We're still, uh, I, I don't want to overstate it though. We're, we're still a small company. We're still, um, you know, we got, we got to be thrifty. We got to be um, lean and mean and, uh, you know, keep those, that, those startup roots um, that we grew out of. So um, we, we certainly, you know, we're, we're, we're not uh not 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 quite, uh, you know, Apple size or or you know Microsoft size or Google size yet, but uh, we're hoping to get there. We're we're hoping to continue to grow this technology. We're we're only ten people right now, but I'd love to have hundreds or thousands of uh, employees, and um, you know, just really you know building out the every key team to to have some really great people around me to bring this thing to the next level.
0: Excellent. You referred a few times to your team. That's what I was going to ask about next. Can you talk about? a little bit more about your team, how you've gone about building it throughout the different phases of growing every day.
1: Yeah, for sure. So our team really, it started out mostly business development folks. So um, I have a computer science background myself, um, went to school for for computer science and got my degree in that, um, but always been interested in entrepreneurship. And uh, I really wanted to surround myself with other uh, kind of you know business professionals that um, could help me uh, build the uh, you know, the crowdfunding campaigns and get some early kind of renderings of what this product could look like and such and, and really just build out an awesome marketing strategy to get the product to market because when I was uh, initially going out and seeking investment, in the company um, i noticed that in, investors venture capitalists and angel investors alike they're looking for some type of traction before they're going to put money into a company they want to see that you have some type of traction whether it's pre-orders or um, customers that have signed uh, you know lois letter of intent um, or something like that that's what they're looking for in order to put in uh, financing so i wanted to get kind of an easy uh not easy nothing's ever easy when you're starting a business but i, I wanted to get a, a kind of relatively easy and relatively cost effective way to get to that point. That's what the idea was behind the crowdfunding campaigns. And that was mostly uh, business development folks that were helping us with that. Although we did um, have uh, one full-time engineer at the time um, who was building out the product, um, but very quickly realized, uh, I think reality hit us uh, like a ton of bricks, that this is not an easy product to build out. So um, transitioning into more recent Days, we're now almost entirely engineered. We have uh, probably two thirds or maybe even three quarters of our company is uh, engineers at this point because we have an app for iOS, an app for Android, an app for Windows, Mac OS, and then all the major browser extensions as well, you know, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, and I like can keep going on and on. And each one of those, the browser extensions, there's a lot of overlap, but with each of those apps, it's really a different code base. It's really a, almost like you're developing a whole new you know, a whole new app, a whole new company, um, with each different app. And, um, for every key to truly be your every key, it needs to work with all these different systems. So it's become quite an engineering challenge. And that's why our, uh, our team is primarily engineering focused. but that's also, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, it, it does become expensive, obviously, um, to be developing such a complex product, but it also, Uh, gives you a really good foothold. And I think what I'm learning here is that uh, if I'm I'm, I'm building this uh, company really for IPO, I'd love for us to go public one day. I, I mentioned that I'm trying to build a huge brand here and a brand that everybody recognizes. And I think the logical exit there is an initial public offering going public on the stock market. But if there was ever an acquirer that came around, if uh, one of the large tech companies out there uh, were to offer to acquire us, it's something that we would certainly consider. And I think that building out some really cool technology that's different than what most other companies have on the market uh, is really what will set you apart in those uh, situations where an acquirer is uh is, is deciding, should I build or should I buy?
0: I like how when you described the team and how it's evolved throughout the phases, you specifically mentioned that earlier on was heavy business development, uh, heavy sales oriented, right? In order to gain and build that traction, which helps you do everything else, right? Like you mentioned, I, I extracted a quote out of something that you've said thus far and as part of that response in terms of, and investors are looking for traction before they're interested in offering you a term sheet. I think that's something that more people looking to build and launch uh, different types of product businesses really need to take note of because I think it's very exciting to think about a world with your product in it and not that that wouldn't be valuable, but the steps that you need to go through in order to make that reality are going to require you to have some form of traction. So I'm glad that you mentioned it and I'm glad that you described it in that way. And then after you started making that level of progress and you have that momentum, then you've reinvested back into the product, right? And the team has shifted. Now you have more of a technical presence. Uh, You started augmenting the engineering chops that you have at the company. And that makes sense, right, too, as the product has evolved and expanded and you've had more offerings there. And it become a little bit more complicated, just needed a different type of team to manage it moving forward. So Mm -hmm. I like the way you described kind of how the team has evolved over time.
1: Thank
0: you. So next question for you is, what is next for Everkey? Talk to me about what the future looks like.
1: Yeah so you know we we launched as this uh, very consumer focused company now we're uh, doing more enterprise uh, engagements so getting a lot of different pilots with uh, some big brands uh, out there and some big big companies that have tens of thousands of employees um the goal here of course is to you know not just sell every keys one by one but to sell large port- large large uh, quantities to these, uh, these enterprise customers. Um, that's kind of, you know, what's going to pay the bills. That's the, uh, that's a scalable portion of business. What I think I'm maybe a little bit, I'm, I'm still biased towards that consumer. I still love our consumer customers and I love to build features and, uh, you know, make the product really awesome for our consumers. So I think what I'm maybe even more excited about than that is, uh, integrations into cars and houses, you know, we've built every key into all your different, uh, laptops and tablets and phones, and it does a great job of managing all of your different website accounts and unlocking your devices, but we, I, I can't wait for every key to be able to unlock my car and unlock my office and in, uh, you know my apartment and all those different, uh, you know different things in my in my life and and I'm sure most of our uh, customers are most of our consumers uh, can't wait for that as well. Um, also, you know potentially in the future could add credit card autofill, um, autofill into you know forms and such. Uh, we just released very recently every key two-factor authentication, which is. Um, really, really interesting. Typically with two-factor, you get a code sent to your phone, right? Or you use an authenticator app and nobody likes this. I mean, anytime that you log into your bank account, and you see, oh, there's been a code sent to your phone. You're like, oh God, really? Now I have to go find my phone, find out what that code is, type it back in. Such a pain. Nobody likes uh, going through that hassle. takes, you know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe longer. And uh, especially in an enterprise setting, you might be having to do that 10, 20, 100 times per day. Um, with every key two-factor, it's as simple as having your every key, that's something you have, and then presenting your fingerprint, that's something you are. Or having your every key and presenting your face scan, something you have, something you are, again. So really easy. It's, uh, I haven't seen anything else on the market that's less than one second two-factor authentication, right? So being able to kind of add that extra layer of security but not have it get in the way is uh, really the name of the game here. Um, going forward, I think you're going to see that really take off because that's all, already a multi-billion dollar um, It's about a ten billion dollar market right now and it's growing substantially uh, About 20% year over year So there's huge opportunities that we see in two-factor authentication and especially as security becomes even more uh, You know front of mind. Uh, you're gonna see that more and more
0: Sounds like a very exciting road ahead I can certainly say that use cases for you are probably only going to increase I would imagine multiply So it sounds like a very exciting future. I'm very interested to see kind of how that develops. And I imagine having the key on you and being able to use it for all those purposes, anybody who's watching you kind of go through that experience makes for a great opportunity to talk about the value proposition because I'm sure they were geeking out about it. Absolutely. absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Next question I have for you because I'm sure others are curious as well too. Uh, For uh, anyone else looking to do something similar to what you've done right building this product company to the extent uh, that it is today and where it currently is in the future and the exciting future you have all that kind of stuff what is some of the best advice that you have for someone uh, entertaining embarking upon a similar journey or somebody going through it right now
1: yeah so as far as advice goes I think the number one—it's going to so it's so gen- generic because I think a lot of people give this advice, but um, it really rings true. I think, especially for every key, is just never give up. Just continue if you really believe in something. If you think that something—if um, you—if you believe that you have a product that could really change the world—never um, give up on that dream. You know, you're you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks. Nothing's going to go um, perfectly well, right? I've had uh, co-founder issues, and I've had. Um, you know, issues building the product is some people said, Hey, you're not going to be able to build this product to begin with. Bluetooth is one-to-one and you're not going to be able to make one Bluetooth device, talk to multiple Bluetooth devices. And there's been so many different uh, roadblocks that have come in front of us and just continuing to just proceed forward and uh, find solutions to those. um, It's really, I think what, what distinguishes a, a successful entrepreneur from, from somebody that, that might fall a little bit short is uh, just that willingness to keep going even when it feels like the chips are down. There's I can point to more times than I'd like to admit where every key was um, probably close to not being a viable business anymore and uh, you know being just weeks or even days away from not being able to make payroll. And uh, Those are the lowest lows, but they're contrasted by the highest highs And uh, it's, it's all worth it. Once you, once you get through that kind of pit of despair, they, I think they, uh, uh, yeah, just, just once you get through that sort of uh, those, those, those lows, it ends up uh, all paying off and, and working out really well in the end.
0: It's a very inspirational story. And it's something that, something that I share with others as well, too, having been through a similar experience myself is that, right, embracing this concept of the pivot and really just learning learning from your mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, right? You're innovating. That's part of the process here. And there's gonna be better times. There's gonna be challenging times. Just need to get comfortable with the fact that if you keep working at it and you stick true to the fundamentals, you will inevitably kind of figure that out. It's just a matter of, you know, when, not necessarily if kind of thing. So I think that's great advice. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being here, Chris, to tell your story about every key uh, I only have a few questions for you before we let you go. Uh, the first one of those is, what resources, if any, would you share with our audience where they can go to learn more about EveryKey or about entrepreneurship and building product companies in general?
1: Sure. So to learn more about EveryKey, you can go to EveryKey.com. That's E V E R Y K E Y.com. Um, so go check out the product if you're uh, if you're a user of passwords and keys like uh, like I am, and and you're, and you're so frustrated with them and you want a, a new solution. Uh, go check out the, the company, go, go check out the product, um, use promo code, um, product launch 20 for 20% off. I'm going to go write that down so that I remember to go create that promo code after this is over. Um, so promo code product launch 20 for 20% off. And, uh, as far as good resources, uh, for entrepreneurs, I mean, you're certainly wel- uh, welcome to reach out to me if you have any questions, if you have, uh, if you want to bounce some ideas off of me, my email address is chris, C-H-R-I-S dot Wentz, W-E-N-T-Z at everykey.com. Um, feel free to reach out to me if you're an entrepreneur that's looking for advice, if you're, um, you know, a potential customer, if you're an investor, really just, um, you know, if you're looking for, uh, for, for for somebody to talk to about uh about launching a product, and I'm, I'm definitely a good, re, a, a decent resource for that, I guess, um, and maybe an even better resource than me would be uh, this book by, uh, by Ben Horowitz called the, the Hard Thing About Hard Things. I've read this uh, uh, multiple times, and uh, Ben Horowitz, um, you know, just an amazing entrepreneur of, of uh, you know, now venture, turned venture capitalist of Andreessen Horowitz, um, in his book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, it just talks about all the um, challenges that he went through and how he was able to always pick himself back up. And um, I think it's a story that really uh, it resonates very well with me as I'm sure it'll resonate very well with you. It's a good book to read when it feels like the chips are down.
0: Couldn't say enough good things about the book myself as well too. Thank you for sharing that the resources and super kind of you to offer the promo code to our listeners. Thank you for that. I will link to all of that in the show notes. I believe you addressed this, but I'll ask just in case you wanted to add anything else or reiterate any of what you said previously. But uh, last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch?
1: Yeah, so anybody that's looking to um, start their own company that, that's looking to launch their own product, especially if you wanna go on crowdfunding. I have you know a thing or two to say about uh, crowdfunding as far as some strategies that can be, uh, that can help your campaign be most successful. I love to talk about this kind of stuff. And that's a whole, that's, that's for a a whole different uh, podcast episode because I, I could go on for hours about different strategies to make a crowdfunding campaign successful. So if you're looking for that, um, I'm always willing to help people out with that. If you're an investor that's looking to invest in, uh, the next best, uh, you know, access control company out there and the the future of authentication and security, um, so please reach out to me um, if you are a potential customer looking to even buy as a consumer, but um, of course, especially if you're a, a business that's looking to uh, overhaul your, your authentication. You know, we're, we're living in some crazy times right now with, with coronavirus and people working from home, and there's all kinds of new, uh, you know, um, endpoint security uh, considerations that you need to keep in mind. Um, when you're keeping your company uh, secure while people are working from home. So please reach out to me if you fall into any of those categories. Um, my email address is Chris, C-H-R-I-S dot Wentz, W-E-N-T-Z at everykey.com.:
0: Thank you very much, Chris. We'll include that in the show notes as well, too. And thank you for being here to share your experience with both myself and our audience.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sean. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean@nextstep.io. sean at That's S-E-A-N at This time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at nxtste dot Thanks, and keep disrupting.